Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. Guys, before we do that, I, I feel like we've got to address the fact that when we come into the studio these days, everything is a mess. Somebody has been sitting in my chair. Somebody's been messing with my microphone. Somebody has been moving our... I didn't have a line ready for that one. I was like, I was. It was like this perfect, just pick it Goldilocks up. setup. Just pick it up from where from we don't me. have porridge in the podcast yeah. studio. Mm-hmm. What's going on in our podcast studio these days, Clayton? What have you uh, done? So we uh, we have a new. Uh, what do we call it? A sister podcast. Or is it a brother podcast? Uh, but we have I think it's a little brother podcast. A little brother podcast. Yeah, spawn. It's an annoying little brother. An annoying little brother that moves into your room and messes with your stuff. Let's call it our spawn. But <laughs> I'm sure they would appreciate that. Like. <laughs> so, <laughs> they would appreciate that. So here's what we're doing. Uh, this year, our emphasis as a church is on faith at work. We're asking the question, you know, what does following Jesus have to do with the half of our waking hours we spend doing whatever it is God has us doing? And so to kind of continue the conversation with that, we are having a new podcast called Faith at Work, where two of our pastors, uh, Jen Kelly and Corey Shoemate, are interviewing people who are in a wide variety of fields. Some are experts in the topic of Faith at Work. Uh, some are simply examples of how to actually do it. Uh, and they are releasing these really interesting conversations. So uh, the uh, upcoming episode here is from a physician, an ER physician, uh, who applies her faith at her work. We've got uh, a mechanic coming up. We've got a couple of teachers coming up. We've got people who are really wrestling with these things, and uh, it's really good. I've already uh, listened to a few of the ones that are you know already recorded and yet to be be released and yeah oh it's good stuff one one of them might be someone i know really well so uh if you want to hear my wife uh she's coming up so nice awesome connecting sunday worship to monday work so is this your brainchild clayton uh yeah i i I guess so i mean i'm not really doing it so it's your fault that all of our stuff is getting messed up you have invited (laughs) guests into our podcast studio Hmm. and now what, what is it? Is this like you, you just had to have another podcast? Like I, we, I'm so in much, one was, and now I'm the executive producer of another. It was so fun that I'm like, we, we should just keep doing this. Clayton trying to take over the podcast world. Mm-hmm. I will have a whole family of podcasts that I produce. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. you should check that out. So go go, go subscribe to that. Uh, listen to it. Rate, review it. Uh, it's good stuff. So For sure. Where, right. do, where do they find it? Oh, uh, where uh, anywhere them? podcasts are available. So you can find it. You can find it on our website. If you want uh, links to it, it's at uh, slash faith at work. We'll get you to it. Um, but you can also find it on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Spotify, all those kind of places. You know where you haven't been able to find our Bible Savvy podcast? Where? Most places. On most platforms. <laughs> yep. You can, so the last couple of episodes you can find on our website, but not on most platforms. There's some kind of techno glitch going on in podcast land. Here's what I think is really happening, Nikki, mm-hmm. and we might just have to have yep. an off-air conversation with I know Clayton. What you're about to say. I think this new sister podcast, no, this new Spawn brother. podcast is getting all <laughs> of the attention and somehow when they start <laughs> releasing their podcast, mom and dad love the new kid more. <laughs> our podcast isn't getting the attention from the people that get it out on the platform. So, I just find it quite curious that ours is now in limbo. But that other one seems to be getting released on time yep. every other week. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. This, mm-hmm. is, this is our way of saying, guys, we're sorry that you are probably catching up <laughs> on some late episodes that have just come out now, uh, but we hope you enjoy them. Hey, if 
If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, if for some reason it is not released on a Monday morning, just go to the church's website because you can find it there. Every once in a while, podcasts get pushed out, and for some reason, the platforms don't pick them up. Uh, but you can always find it on the church website if you don't find it wherever you normally listen to your podcasts. Yes, good word. And we'll deal with Clayton's betrayal later. We will. I can love both. I can love both. No, you can't. No, parents are lying when they say that. Parents, parents don't love There's all There's always a favorite. Equally. Aaron, don't listen to him. <laughs> I wasn't talking about any of my children. Oh. All right, Clayton, what passage are we looking at today? All right, we are in a new book of the Bible. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, we have been, th- this fall, we're looking at what is called wisdom literature. We've just finished up Job, and we're starting Proverbs, and we'll be doing Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs soon. And th- this whole genre of literature is, um, it's it's a, a kind of a unique approach in terms of the Bible. There's all sorts of different uh, types of things you've got going on. Uh, you've got uh, stories in the Bible. You've got, uh, you know, uh, letters in the Bible. You've got some things that are uh, laws in the Bible, but then you've got wisdom literature. And uh, wisdom literature, here's what's unique about it. It is not like a law where it is telling you, here is what you must do all the time. It is t- telling you, here are some principles. Here is the way the world works. Here are things that uh, in general make sense But then it is giving you those things and saying, and now with the wisdom that God has given you and the wisdom that you are growing in, figure out how that actually works in God's world. And so the idea behind the wisdom literature is to say, how do we actually understand what kind of world God made? how things work, and how we should behave in it. It's practical. Um, it's uh, it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's putting it into practice. And so when we read the book of Proverbs, um, we are getting introduced to kind of the, the big principles on how life works. So we're going to jump in to Proverbs chapter three. Oh, here it is. It is now time for comma tip of the week. The Bible Project videos have a remarkable video on the wisdom literature and the different pieces of wisdom literature, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Job, and how they all work together to form one great piece. So your comma tip of the week is, if you've never watched a Bible Project video, you should definitely watch the Bible Project video on the wisdom literature. And this has been your comma tip of the week. All right, so uh, we're going to have Eric read uh, Proverbs 3. We're going to go verses 1 to 20. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. 
nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. All right, we are going to move on to the O and comma, which is observation. And there's lots to see here. So what do you guys see? The first one that jumps out to me is verse seven. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. So it is looking to God for wisdom, not thinking that wisdom exists in me, but rather I need to look somewhere else to find wisdom. Yeah, I was noticing that too, because there's kind of a paradox to it of it's when you realize you don't have the wisdom that you actually get it, that there's there's like acknowledgement, I don't know this, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a wise place. Well, here in verse five and six, that's probably that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your pastorate. straight. That's probably one of like the most well-known pieces of scripture, you know what I mean? And it's like recited by those who are like going through hard times, just trust in the Lord and everything will work out fine. And I think this is when it, it's kind of hard to apply when you're in a tough situation, um, when you're not fully aware of how things could go or when things aren't turning out the way that you want or um, just circumstances are just not looking great. Like regardless, we are to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding, our own picture of how things should be, um, but to trust that he's, his way is best. An observation I made is at the very the very first uh, line there, it says, my son, do not forget my teaching. And this is something that I've noticed in the previous chapters as well, is um, the author is addressing, um, it's like a father-son conversation. Mm-hmm. And so there's something really warm about that, it, where there is uh, a father saying, I want my child to go into the world equipped for the kinds of things they're going to face. And um, there's a there's like an urgency to it because it, it really matters. Like, I, I don't want to like send you out. It is not casual stuff. This is like fatherly advice. Um, but it's also really warm of saying, I like, I want what's best for you. I'm going to tailor this to you. Um, it's not abstract. It's in a relationship and a conversation. And I think that's how wisdom grows in us, um, that it's, it's through uh, people who invest in us, rub off on us, show us from their life, kind of how life can be done. And so I really uh, like how that uh, atmosphere, because it could have been written without that context. Like a father could have written this to a son without actually mentioning it, but there's something really warm about it kind of being present there. Another thing that jumped out to me is later on, let's see, where does it start? It starts in verse 14. She is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. So wisdom is personified as a woman, but then the the word pictures change a little bit. I mean, then it's she is a tree of life. So yeah. wisdom is a woman and wisdom is a tree uh, so I don't know what to do with all of those word pictures, but there's definitely a picture being painted here of how to have a a relationship with wisdom and what are the benefits of a relationship with wisdom. Uh, another 
picture that I saw here, verse 3, it says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, when it says love and faithfulness, is it your love and faithfulness towards God and people or the reminder of God's love and faithfulness towards us? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, sometimes you run across those phrases where you where it's not it's not mm-hmm. clear. You ever, you ever in other contexts you'll run across like the love of God, and you're yeah, like, is it yeah. God's love or my love or the you know faith faith of you know, whatever you know like? Um, is it both and? So I I'm I'm gonna muse. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It it could be your behavior, but there are f- very famous places like very significant places in the Old Testament where. Love and faithfulness, hesed vet is the Hebrew. I had a Hebrew prof that always said that again and again. So I, it's like the only Hebrew How words you say I remember. It again? Uh, hesed vet emet. Okay. Hesed is faith, like loyal, committed love. Mm-hmm. And so most of the times when you see the word love in the Old Testament, it's hesed. And you're really supposed to get say like hesed or something, but I'm not very good at those pronunciations. And emet is truth or faithfulness. So it's like someone who is 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 true down to their bones. Like you can trust what they say. Mm-hmm. And so when those two words get together, it um, it suggests God because that was uh, what God said to Moses about himself. It's actually, uh, you, this. I don't know if this is in any footnotes, but I'm just making these connections. So uh, extra credit here. Um, it's in uh, John chapter one when it says um, uh, grace and truth were shown to us in Jesus. That is the Greek version of those words, uh, love and faithfulness. Um, and so the, it is a characteristic that God shows to his people again and again. So my hunch is you're supposed to think of that, like God's love and faithfulness. Okay. But I don't cool. know for sure. And I, well, I think it's interesting is it, it like tells you, do this, and then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God. And it does that a couple of times, like, you know, like with seven and eight, like, do not be wise in your own eyes. This will bring you health, you know, bring health to your body. Like, it's almost like if you do this, then this will likely happen. Um it's it's just a, it's an interesting that there, there's the two pieces of it, you know. Cause and effect. Yeah. Yeah, but then you have to wrestle with all the time. All the time. Yeah. Some of the time. I went through. I went through and I underlined like all the things it said would happen, mm-hmm. like the benefits. It's like you're, it'll prolong your life. You'll have peace and prosperity. You'll have favor and a good name. Your paths will be straight. You'll have health in your body. Your barns will be filled with overflowing. You're, you'll be brimming with new wine. I'm like, hang on a second. Like, is this? is this really that good? You know what I mean? Like there's a certain amount of like, but what if I try to do these things and none of the, like things go hard with me? You know, like this is, there's there's some tension in this. You ever hear someone say, the exception proves the rule? Yeah. I, I think this, I, Proverbs is kind of in that category for me. I would be very quick to say that there are a lot of good things that define my life because I learned at a younger age to do a lot of the things in Proverbs, and it has brought very good things to my life, like uh, not despising the Lord's discipline, like being open to God, rebuking, correcting, convicting you of sin, and being responsive to that. It has, generally speaking, put me on a very good straight path, and my life is defined by a lot of the blessings of God. Where if I look at someone else who is stiff-arming God, ignoring God, and just making it up as they go and doing whatever the heck they want— those are windy paths. That, yeah. that, that is filled with all kinds of turmoil and bad things. Um, now, that's not to say my life is never hard or that there aren't some times where things are difficult or it doesn't work out exactly the way I want or that I always have more money than I know how to spend. Or right, 
But generally speaking, I would testify to the fact that acknowledging God and his ways and applying the things you see in Proverbs brings goodness to your life. Yeah, I think especially of those uh, verses 9 and 10 where it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and then your barns will be filled with overflowing. There's there's something that people will read that in a really mechanical way. If I do the right thing, if I give money, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rich. And it's... Now, if you back up and say, generally, if you use your money in a godly way, are you like... Is in general, if you take a bunch of people who are using their money in a godly way versus a bunch of people who are using their money in a selfish way, my guess is the group that's doing the godly things is going to be in a better financial situation. Um, but if you take it really mechanically, then you end up with this, I did this, now God owes me, or you end up with this, well, I did this and why didn't it happen? Um, and then and then you almost get the wrong thing in front of you. Like I'm doing this because I'm I'm trying to get the thing. I'm trying to get the, the wealth or whatever. And it's not really like that. It's more just a, a depiction of saying, if you follow this path in general, things go better. And it's trying to paint a, a very beautiful picture of the kinds of things that you you can hope for. You know, the, the, the most poignant example in my head right now is tithing. Right. Tithing is the biblical concept of giving 10% of your income to your local church, to the Lord's work. And it's, it's squarely in this category. So I would never tell somebody, if you start tithing, you are going to win the lottery. And all of a sudden, all your bills are going to get paid and you're going to be filthy rich. But I would also say... I've been tithing since I was 15 years old. The first time I came across the concept in the Bible when I was 15, I was like, oh, there's something I should be doing as a Christ follower. And I started giving. And now, now at that point, I'm working a part-time job as a teenager. If I'm making 70 bucks a week, I'm giving seven bucks. That doesn't seem that hard, right? It's when your paycheck is larger that that tithe starts to feel more significant. And I always wondered what it would have been like if I came to faith later in life if I was living my life for 30 years and then all of a sudden came across the concept of tithing and I had to think to myself, how in the world would I ever carve out 10% of my budget to essentially give it to the Lord's work? That seems like a really, so I'm always super impressed with people that can figure out how to do that. But when you're trying to figure that out in your own mind, like how in the world would that ever work? And then you go back to the provinces, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. These are, the, these are the, the points in life where you have to say, I don't think I could figure this all out in my own mind. But if I will trust the Lord that he's leading me down a good path, I'm going to take the steps down that path even if I don't fully understand. I have to imagine that people come to, that come to faith in Jesus later on in life, and start reassessing how they're handling their finances, these verses are very poignant. Mm. Yeah. What else do you guys see? Um, I saw the really cool picture in 19 and 20 of it says, by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop their dew. Um, wow. Yeah. Like, I just read that, and I was like, huh. Like, God in all of his infinite wisdom and power and understanding and knowledge created our world, and he sustains it, and yeah. he keeps it going. And I don't think about that enough. So yeah. when you read it, it's just pretty cool. Like, it, I have, like, this huge smile on my face right yeah. now as I'm reading it. Clay, like, Clayton and I are smiling at each other, just like, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. 
Yeah, there's something there's something really uh, like it's it's so reassuring to know that the like the God who made the universe didn't do it randomly or stupidly. Mm-hmm. Like that that the way he put the world together has some sense and order and beauty to it. There is something well crafted about it. Like when you when you encounter something that's well made, like you know, like someone like something that isn't mass produced, something that's like just like handcrafted or whatever, you look at those things, you're like, man, this is amazing. And then you think about the person who made it and you're like, they're they're a truly impressive person. And to look at the universe and say, this was put together well and beautifully and good. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at those verses and I, you know, it's obviously got connections to Genesis 1 and 2. So it's describing creation. And then it's got the tree of life uh, verse right before it. Mm-hmm. Um, that comes up a lot in wisdom literature uh, because in some ways it's trying to say, wisdom gets you in touch with the way things were supposed to be. Like p- part of our problem is we live sinful, foolish lives and so things are going wrong, but they're like the creation, new creation world that we hope to be in one day. Um, you get a little glimpse of that when you say, you know what? If I live by wisdom, things start to come together. Like the pieces start to fit more. The the shalom of God starts to happen in my life because things start to like make sense. And a little, just a little bit of that like Eden new creation thing starts to show up, and you're like, huh. It is like a life-giving good thing, you know? And I think that's what what the appeal of wisdom is to say, don't you want that? Doesn't your heart long for that? I can teach you that, you know? Yeah, jumping off of Nikki's wow. So wow, like the wisdom of God that created everything. And then you read Proverbs and it's an it's an invitation to say that same wisdom with which God created the world has been made accessible to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You can oh know God gosh. and his wisdom. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that invitation is is remarkable. And in in Proverbs chapter one, it talks about the fool and the wise. And you see the fool and the wise a lot in Proverbs. Generally speaking, the fool is the one that says there is no God and just makes it up as they go. And the wise person is the one that acknowledges that there is a God and he has wisdom and tries to align their life with that God. There, there's so much in here. Uh, we could probably keep making observations, but let's, let's move on to the, uh, let's the, we'll do the M and comma. We'll do meditation first. How about this? We'll do meditation and let's, let's do that classic verse there in verse five and six. Um, it's so beautiful. It's worth putting to memory. Um, there's a reason why so many people uh, know it. Um, it's the posture we're supposed to take. So let's take a moment. I'm going to read it. And you take 45 seconds or however long you need and just ponder whatever part of that jumps out to you um, and, and spend a little time in conversation with God about that. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Right. Let's talk about the second M in comma. This week it is message. So let's try to uh, sum up a message from one of our observations in about a sentence. 
Yeah, based on that meditation, um, which was what I was going to lean towards, um, I'm, I'm going to just still it right from the verse, like lean not on your own understanding. Um, to me, in connection with, with what, what Eric said was exactly what I thought, is the wisdom that God has is made available to us. And um, my own understanding is too finite to just live well in this world. And I think that is one that, that stands out to me. Just lean not on your own understanding. All right, I'm going to get to my message by asking you guys a question. What's the opposite of blessed? Cursed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I read Proverbs, I flip them hmm. in, my, in my head. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. What if I flip that? Cursed are those who don't seek wisdom or never find wisdom and don't ever gain understanding. Mm. Okay. There's an invi- there's an invitation yeah. in, in there, and when you flip it, it makes it more stark. Mm. There is there is a an option that is presented to us in Proverbs. And one, generally speaking, brings good things to your life, and the other, generally speaking, well, not so much. Uh, so my message from verse... What verse is that? Verse 13, 13. blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding is uh, choose the blessed choose the blessed path. Uh, my message is based off of especially the, well, I mean, all throughout, all the benefits and everything, but especially this, the last kind of section here where it says, uh, wisdom is more profitable than silver, better than gold, more precious than rubies, tree of life, all of these things. Um, my message is this, there's not much that can improve your life more than getting wisdom. Like I, I think I think the passage goes out of its way to hammer home. There are tremendous benefits, not marginal benefits, but like tremendous benefits. The difference between living a foolish life or living a life where you're just not really thinking, you're on autopilot, and the, a life that's a thoughtful one that says, I'm going to uh, listen to God, learn what he has to say, and learn how to live in his world wisely. I mean, the benefits that are amazing, that's the life we want to live. And so uh, there's not much that can improve your life more than wisdom. All right, let's talk about application. All right, it would would be really uh, foolish of us uh, to read Proverbs and not talk about what it changes in our lives, what we should do. So uh, what do we do in response to this? Uh, So based off of my message with leaning not on your own understanding, um, for me, I am a thinker. So like... You know, classic Enneagram 5. Clayton knows the pain of that. That's right. That's right. Just, I can overthink a lot and try to get super logical and like think think of solutions to to things or how a situation should go or what kind of a decision I should make based on XYZ. Um, And I'm always reminded again in my finite wisdom and understanding that if I am not careful to be seeking the Lord in those things and asking, well, what would you have me do? And what would this look like in a way that that would honor and glorify you and move things forward in a way that you want, not so much in a way that I want, um, then I, I'm not going to make the best decision. Um, there's also just, with, too, with seeking counsel and all of that stuff, you know, it's just, but just making sure that I am not solely operating out of my own understanding because um, I can get stuck there. I, I can. 
This big decision brought to you by Nikki's mind. He's mind. <laughs> it seems so silly that that thinking of an application in Proverbs would be difficult because they're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you're reading Proverbs, sometimes they jump out at you. Like if, if you're someone that is not doing well with your finances and you read Proverbs, Proverbs is going to really challenge you in terms of how you handle money. Uh, if you're not good with your relationships or you're sloppy with your sexuality or you, you, any category of life, if you read through Proverbs, it's going to point a finger at something. So the difficulty when you're reading through Proverbs and you're trying to come up with an application, if one doesn't jump out at you particularly that day, then you're left in the category of like general wisdom, general foolishness. So as I'm sitting here, I feel like my application is lame because it's something that I have already recognized in my life and have implemented it, but I'll just say, I'll just say it out loud. I love everything about being an executive pastor at a church because I love everything about church. I love the financial side, the legal side, the spiritual side. I love preaching. I love creating staff handbooks. I love no, creating no budgets. Yeah, creating I do. I like, does. I like all of it. I like all of it. <laughs> and so you can get suckered into like reading leadership books and economics books and like all, all of the stuff that's connected to it. But I realized several years ago, anything I ever read that's not the Bible just to me seems like a lamer, more watered down version of the wisdom I find in the Bible. <laughs> and so my application is to just always remember that true wisdom comes from God. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that there aren't other smart people in the world to learn from, but true wisdom in its purest form comes from God himself. So at first, when I, I made up my message, um, I was thinking of, you know, I talked, you know, the, there's not much that can improve your life more than wisdom. I was thinking, okay, the application has to do with how you get wisdom, like how I will get wisdom. Mm -hmm. But as we were reading this, even just looking at that first line where it's the father addressing his son, I'm thinking, oh, wait, if I think that the most precious thing that could really improve someone's life is for them to be wise, I'm I, all of a sudden I was thinking about my kids. I'm thinking, what do I prioritize with them? Mm. You know, like there's all sorts of things that I want for them, all sorts of things that I would hope would be in their life, you know, success in certain ways and health and all, you know, all sorts of stuff that we're, we're working on all the time. But when it comes down to it, if I'm going to say what's going to make or break their life, it's having God's wisdom in their life. You know what I mean? Like that, that if, if they don't gain that, if that doesn't get passed on, if we aren't working on that rather than all the other, you know, not rather than, but in addition to all the other things over and above all the other things, um, I mean, I haven't given them the very best thing. Um, and so to say, you need to be the sort of person who trusts in the Lord and leans not on your own understanding and learns from him um, and, it, and actually gains wisdom from that, that's the very best thing that I could, I could give them. So that's, that's the practical application is focus on that as I'm interacting with my kids. Well, I want to change my application. I'm changing my application. <laughs> my application today is have my kids read Proverbs. Oh, that's, yes. a, that's a good one, Clay. Yeah, it really was. All right, I've changed my app. Have we ever done that before? No, I probably no, you, have. You can. I, I, this is this can. is this is a, this is a true thing. If you are doing uh, Bible savvy and you get to the end in A, and like ten minutes later you come back and you're like, oh, you're allowed to change your application. You could do you could do you something could have different. Multiple. Yeah, you could have multiple applications. I but no, that. once you write it in your journal, that's what you come have to do. on. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. All right, friends. That's all that we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. And in the meantime, if you're not following along, you can go get the reading plan at BibleSavvy.com. Download it. Start reading with us. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.